Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Battle Red Radio. Hanging out right here on the Battle Red blog. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual, little brother Nico. It's me. And we are hanging out doing our Texans thing. There's a little bit of Texans news, a little bit of playoff talk, a little bit of coaching conversation. So we got a lot to do. Um, let's get right into it. So there's been there were two kind of decent media events that occurred. Um, well, not events. One of them is an event. Okay. So the Texans invited the press yesterday to come take a look at the process for designing the new uniforms and the new logos and all that. And while they didn't have any new uniforms, they definitely had like the colors and they were talking to the media and it was really trying to get a lot of feedback about what looks good and what doesn't. I think the Texans are kind of going for like a really, really hard reboot. Well, I mean, you're going to have to with our ninth head coach here. Yeah, don't get me wrong. They've gotten nothing but bad press for the last three or four years. Um, it's been a struggle. You know, it, it we're go- like we're like advertising to head coaches now. We're like, look how cool their uniforms are. <laughs> a little bit, but I also <laughs> like, I also think don't you want to come is- coach these guys? <laughs> Maybe you don't want to coach our players, but don't you want to coach somebody who wears this uniform? <laughs> isn't, this, isn't this snazzy? Look, we even have executive polos. Ooh. Ooh. I, I definitely think that this goes back to them wanting to – I mean, you got to look over the last four years. So, Jackie Easterby kind of runs off the general manager and becomes the head of, like, helping Bill O'Brien make player decisions. They make Deshaun Watson mad by hiring Nick Casario. So, while he's pouting it at home and nobody can fix it, then all the stuff comes out about his, you know, alleged sexual assaults and all that. So now we've got this quarterback that we were paying at the time, I think, you know, $10 million to to stay home while he's walking around being an alleged, you know, assaulter. Um, and let's make no mistake, he, he paid those people off with Texans money. Um, when he settled those cases, those were Texans checks that they got. Um, and so we kind of gave him the ammunition to get out of his situation also. Then we... We do this thing where we fire Bill O'Brien, but we did it, we you know, during the season, which was okay. I mean, we were struggling. We had the interim coach thing. Then we turned around, and we hired David Colley. And then when we fired David Colley, we do it, like, four or five days after Black Monday. Like, it was, like, on a Friday that we fired him. And it was a weird thing because we kept secret, like, our process. We didn't really talk about why we let him go. I mean, the team was bad, so there wasn't a lot of... But usually a head coach gets more than one. Like, you can have a bad first year. Like, I mean, you're supposed to be able to. Not in, te- not in Houston anymore, apparently. Then we turn around and we bring in Lovey. We botch the job search. Like, teams usually are really, really transparent. Because you report to the league who you who you uh, 
interview for the job of head coach because these guys, you have to make sure you comply with the Rooney rule. A lot of these guys are working for other teams, so you need permission from the other teams, et cetera, et cetera. So you do it all above board. But the Texans were doing a bunch of interviews kind of behind the scenes and under the radar, and it was really confusing. And then it really looked like we were going to hire Josh McCowan, who had zero coordinator experience, zero head coaching experience. Uh, and had, and I don't think he'd even been a quarterback coach at that point. So it was a real kind of like, why are, this guy has none of the experience, but apparently he came in with a great interview, allegedly. Then the we get hit with the co-defendant on the racism lawsuit from Brian Flores against the NFL, the Dolphins, the Texans, and some other entities. And so we turn around and we hire Lovey Smith, whom we had never even actually interviewed as head coach before the lawsuit hit. Then we fire him after one year. So there's just kind of been like blow after blow after blow. Yeah, absolutely stellar performance out of our management here. Yeah, exactly. And so it really is to the point where when, when Lovey Smith was fired, in the national media, the two stories were about the Texans were potentially that we misused black head coaches in an effort to tank, which isn't fair to anybody. And I totally agree with that that concept that if we said, oh, we'll hire Lovey Smith because he's black, and then we also were like, and when we're done tanking, we'll get rid of him. I think that's unfair. I do think that's unfair. Um, I understand the PR move of being sued and being called racist and then immediately turning around and hiring a black person. I understand how in corporate thought that made sense. If they had said it out loud in a room full of human beings, somebody said somebody would have said, just hire whoever you like. Hire whoever the best interview is. Don't you're not gonna get points for hiring the black guy, right? Like that's not how that works. Um, and then also the, the other thing was that we're a mess and this job's a mess and nobody should take this job. And that's kind of hard to argue based on this, this giant run of terrible luck, right? Like, or not terrible luck, terrible decisions. So they kind of are hitting a really hard brand reboot. I feel where they're doing everything efficiently and above board. And they're kind of trying to like, it sounds like Nick Casario, maybe set some people down and was like, listen, in New England, we do things like champions and none of it comes across like this. Right. And considering how just even from like someone who has only been kind of around football for only until recently, it's been pretty obvious that while the Texans as a franchise hasn't always been, you know, grade a or top tier like they're always at least kind of respectable like when i remember when i was my freshman year of high school i was playing football and uh like that was the whole big thing in houston was like we're a team of character and like <laughs> right right <laughs> and in one quick oh, move do everything right yeah and, you know above board and that's just hasn't happened and that reputation is gone <laughs> clearly and, and you're you're 100 right to call that out because like we were there were tons like there would be times we would we would draft people uh and there would be other people available in the draft better players but they would have like red flags for character issues and like even in the mock drafts, like the experts would be like, well, the Texans won't take this guy because of the character issues. However, this is really the slot where he should go in the draft. Like they would just know they would be like, yeah, physically he should go right around here, but the Texans aren't going to take a guy with those kind of red flags on his resume already. 
<laughs> and then we wind up with a quarterback to face the franchise who just has the messiest, worst possible public image you could imagine um, since O.J. Simpson. And I mean, that's that's really kind of telling, right? This yeah. very much feels like a watershed, like, religious zealot moment where we're like, no, you're the worst. And it's like, anyways, studies found out that they were, in fact, the worst. The worst. Yeah. The narrator <laughs> moment where someone goes, and they were actually the worst. Uh, yeah, you're definitely right about that. Like, it, it is, they worked really, really hard to be known as high character people instead of just being high character people. And if you don't know the difference, evaluate your choices. Um, big facts, big true. <laughs> uh, so, I definitely think that there is an effort to reboot this franchise and the public image. And I think this job search is going to be part of it. I think how they handle the announcement of the hiring and stuff like that, how they roll out this new branding. They're talking about changing up the logo, changing up the colors a little bit. So I really think they want you to think of this as this is the Texans, not that was the Texans. And I think they're trying to do everything they can in their, in to get into your head and to distance your thoughts from the old Texans and get you to move on to the new Texans, which I don't think is a bad idea. These guys are kind of... This would be a big help. Uh, also, uh, there was comments about John Mechie, the receiver. And apparently he has been coming to the facility and, and doing some really great workouts. And he looks really good, apparently. Uh, which is great news. It, it seems as though he has put leukemia behind him and is ready to go and will be ready for this next season. That's going to be a huge help because... Coming into the season, on paper, people were like, oh man, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, John Mechie, this is a really decent receiving core. And it turned out that it was a really terrible receiving core, but part of that was because John Mechie wasn't there. So, And Nico Collins hates us. Yeah, and Nico Collins wasn't good, and Brandon Cooks does, in fact, hate us. He, he does want... He actually has now said that he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. He wants out, 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 out now. He's like, hey guys, I know, I know you're, I know you guys are cool and all, but I, I'm leaving now. But I, I think he's still owed like another ten or twelve million dollars, fully guaranteed. Uh, and again, I don't hear him giving any of that money up to leave, so he must not really mean it when he says he wants out, out, out. Uh, I mean, there's a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. I want to leave, and I would like my money, please. Yeah, and that is, he's trying to walk that line where he gets both, and. Um, Good luck with that. He the, hasn't got performed the for both. Yeah, he hasn't performed well enough for another team to be like, yes, I'm comfortable guaranteeing your whatever it was last year and your 10 million this year. Like, nah. I think your 800 yards receiving isn't going to cut it, buddy. He's like, but I caught at least one football. <laughs> that should count. He's, I don't know, man. I'd, I, I am struggling to say nice things about him. Speaking of struggling to say nice things. The league made some interesting announcements. Um, I want to clean up a little bit of part of this, and then we'll get on to the other part. We were talking about coin tosses last week, that the league was potentially going to use a coin toss to settle some things. Here's where that conversation came up. It turns out I missed some key elements of that conversation. If in week 18, Baltimore and Cincinnati were playing each other, if Baltimore had lost the Monday night football game to the Bills, and then Baltimore 
beat them on week 18. They would be tied. Oh, no, no, no. If if the Bengals had lost both, the Monday Night Football and the Week 18 matchup, then the, the Ravens would be in sole possession of the division lead and their uh, their seedings would have swapped in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Therefore, to determine, because they didn't replay the Monday Night game, because of the injury to DeMar Hamlin, the terrible, scary injury, therefore, if Baltimore won, they would have been tied. And the league was like, typically in these situations, we settle those kind of ties with a coin toss. Uh, apparently, Cincinnati was okay with that. Cincinnati was like understanding of the situation and the uniqueness of it. Baltimore, however, and I don't blame them for this, was out and out opposed to it. They were Any changes that they were going to make on the fly would have to go through the competition committee, and Baltimore was just going to explode at, at, at that meeting if anything was suggested that affected their playoff seating because they were, you know, their, their quarterback's been hurt the last three or four weeks. They're still out there playing good football, trying to get into the playoffs, trying to secure as high a seating as possible, trying to secure home field advantage for as many games as possible. And the idea that after everything they did, they were going to toss a coin because Cincinnati didn't play enough games. That wasn't sitting well with them. They didn't want that. They weren't okay with that. They they were trying to force the league to say, well, because Baltimore wins Week 18, they are now the higher seed. Yeah, it definitely feels uh, what they might call in the industry bad. Yeah, and it, and and so that's the cleanup there. And Baltimore was going to raise a stink no matter what. Uh, if anything was going to affect their seeding in a positive or negative way. They were going to have a problem with it because they don't. They didn't think that was fair. Didn't matter. Cincinnati won Week 18. That made it all moot. Um, well, I mean, like at least they didn't have to get to the coin toss because that would have felt even worse. Well, I'm glad you said that because here's some news that has been announced now. Atlanta will host the neutral site matchup of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills if that becomes the AFC Championship game. Wow. So there it is. Kansas City just lost home field advantage if the Buffalo Bills win two games in a row. Wow. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised because it's a very NFL move because they, I think they they are the smartest people in the room and they're like, we're geniuses. We're just making play neutral. Who cares? That's that's That sucks, though. Oh, no, absolutely. It's 100% the worst because if you're Kansas City, you've been balling out. You're one of the only four good teams in the entire NFL. You're the best, and then they're like, guess what, guys? You lose home field advantage for doing nothing wrong. For the most important game, the AFC Championship game, winner goes to the Super Bowl. And if it's Chiefs-Bills, it'll be in Atlanta. L. It just sucks. It's we talked about it as they were floating it. We talked about it as they were talking about it. It's such a messy, dumb decision. I can't even wrap my brain around. I don't even know. I don't even. I can't even wrap my brain around why they would think that this is the way to do it. So yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> good for them. Good, good for you guys. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure like someone submitted that proposal and they'd be like, "I'm the greatest mediator in existence." This is the only option. Everyone's miserable, therefore everyone has to be right. Like, <laughs> like in some sort of weird like Aesop's fable, uh, like form of justice or something. Like, I don't, I yeah, I am blown away by the audacity of the league to be like Kansas City Chiefs. You lose home field advantage. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, what? So, okay. It's a mess. It's a train wreck. It's some more terrible ideation from the NFL. This is just them coming up with more and more ways to do dumber and dumber things to fix problems they never should have had. Um, to fix problems they created. They did this. Right. And you know, like, okay, it's going to sound a little bad to say this, but... I actually really think this is a lack of leadership that got them to this point because what should have happened is second DeMar Hamlin went down and the ambulance took him off the field. When the players went back to the locker room and it sounded like the head coaches didn't want to play, Goodell should have immediately said, we are playing tomorrow night. Nobody leave town. Everybody's got 24 hours to get their head right. That's exactly what should have happened. It should have been a Tuesday night game. Then you should have made an announcement to the ticket holders. Hey, everybody, hold on to your stubs. Uh, come back tomorrow. You, you got you got your you got your access back to the game. Blah blah blah. There should have been no question about that. Um, instead, they're oh, I don't know. Oh, what are we gonna do? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you know. Uh, uh. Roger Goodell turned into Morty, and like, and I don't know. I don't know how that happened. But the right thing to do is to either and they could have either restarted the game or picked it up from the middle of the second quarter. Either way, I don't care. They had to finish that game. They had to play that game Tuesday, the next day. They had to. By not doing it, they have just made issue after issue after issue where like Baltimore has to look like the bad guy in a story because they don't want to settle it with a coin toss. Uh, yeah, were the Chiefs being like robbed of their rightfully owned space? Exa- like, you know, yeah, like, how is it at all the Chiefs' fault that this all happened? Well, you see, yeah, <laughs> I made a decision that affects everyone. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Uh, so there is just a lot of like, I. I, I this is a massive, and everyone wants to. I, I know I'm the bad guy here. I know everyone wants to celebrate the compassion and the embracement of humanity that the NFL showed. And I know that we, I know that this really demonstrated we are in a new era of the NFL. And I totally support it, and I'm totally behind it, and I really, really am. But there's just too, like this is dumber than the other outcomes that were possible. This is dumber. Imagine if Baltimore had won the game and they had gone to the coin toss to decide the seeding. So then we're using a coin toss in the NFL playoffs and Kansas City's playing the Bills at a neutral site if it gets to that. Like, how much chicanery, how much stupidity do you have to have before someone just goes, man, maybe we really should have played that game on Tuesday. The best part is that if if they if if they don't end up playing the finals in Atlanta and it's it's say like Kansas City versus someone else, right? Yeah. 
and you know the NFL is gonna be like, man, I really am a genius. None of that stuff even matters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're gonna feel super smart that they laid out all these alternative plans that they didn't have to use, not recognizing that if they had to use any of those alternative plans, how dumb it would have seemed. So I, I just, it was a scary moment, and it and it and the players were upset, and and the teams were upset, and everybody was affected by it. And I don't want to take away from that. But the league still has a bigger picture, and and this has all happened before. This is all this isn't new. This yeah. has all been there before. These players have been in these situations before, where someone was drastically injured and they just played through. So I, I it we can all we can we can accept the fact that what has happened was bad, but we can also criticize the NFL's terrible decision making afterwards. Yes, and I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Is that this? They should have moved. They should have moved forward in a much more leadershipy role instead of um. It's okay, guys. It's all right, guys. They really. I mean, there's times when they when they don't do that at all for the league, like uh, you know, uh, player deaths or whatever. They have rules in place for that. Like if a player dies in a car accident, they have salary cap rules in place for all those kind of things already. They don't like. They don't just step in and wave wands and, and change rules on the fly, they have processes already in place where they go, oh, okay, so-and-so died in an accident on Wednesday Wednesday evening. That's terrible. It's very upsetting for the team. The game is on Sunday. Here are the salary cap rules for the dead player's money. Like, they, they do stuff like that. They have these things in place. So it's really sort of... Uh, it's just odd. Matter of fact, the... Technically, so, okay, DeMar Hamlin was uh, on the second year of a rookie deal where he's making basically the minimum. It's like eight hundred and fifty grand or something. Because of his injury, the Bills were going to put him on IR. But they, when they do, that would cut his salary in half. And for him, that means he would get no more paychecks because they've already paid him or he would only get half paychecks the rest of the year. Because mm-hmm. um, that would mean his new salary, instead of being eight fifty, was going to be like four uh, seventy five or something like that, the, the minimum minimum. So the Bills asked for a waiver from the league to be able to go ahead and pay him his full salary. And that was one of the, like, heartfelt stories that broke. And former Texan Arian Foster caught a little bit of flack because rightfully so, his he made a tweet that I think is brilliant. And it said, uh, man, people out here dying just to... Uh, and they st- people out here dying and they still don't want to give them their full paycheck. And... That's True. that's the truth. People got mad about it and read it as a like interpreted it incorrectly that somehow he was saying something negative about Demar Hamlin or whatever. But no, what he was saying is that the league is so brutal and does not care that the Bills had to ask special permission to pay a man his full salary, agreed upon salary, because he got carted off the field in an ambulance. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was like, "How could you say that?" And it's like, "I was for him," and then they go, "Oh, oh, yeah, reading's like, like a difficult thing right now." <laughs> you know, my reading comprehension skills aren't great, but this is also Twitter, so yeah, that's true. Like Skip Bayless still wasn't wrong with what he tweeted, and he got murdered for it. Murdered for it's it. It's It's okay. You can have bad takes. It's fine. Well, his wasn't even bad. His actually was, I think it was something along the lines of, right now, somewhere in the league office, they're coming up with plans and counter plans, which, by the way, I was saying they should, with plans and counter plans right now. And then he ended the tweet with, and it couldn't matter less. 
So, yeah. so basically he was saying, this is awful. You know the league is trying to figure out what to do next, and nobody cares right now. That's that's a that's a really poignant and honest point to make. He got murdered for it. Matter of fact, they still I still think Shannon Sharp might quit the show that they do together, undeclared or whatever, undecided or whatever it's called. You know, their argument show. They're literally paid to argue, and I think Shannon Sharp is so mad at him that he doesn't even want to like <laughs> do the argue show with him anymore. Um That's tough. Terrible terrible news. It just it really is. Uh Okay, so let's touch on the coaching searches. Sean Payton, his name has now come up. Uh, however, the Saints still control the rights to him. He was under contract when he said he wanted to step back and retire. So the Saints have controlling interest of the fate of Sean Payton, and it's going to take at least a first-round draft pick to get him away from the Saints. Probably, is what the speculation is. I don't want to give a first-round draft pick to get a head coach. Yeah, especially when we need it so bad. <laughs> yeah, we need to pick just as much as the Saints do. Um, I don't have a problem with Sean Payton. I think he's a great co- I love his offenses. They are high scoring. They are complicated. Um, and it's really hard for me to, like, detach my view of Sean Payton because I think he's so great because, like, I really loved it when he had, obviously, like, Drew Brees one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But also, I really liked his like his final couple years with like uh, James oh Winston, God, what was his, uh, Bridgewater, and and James Winston, and and yeah, yeah, and and they kept trying to give Taysom Hill the job. He did, he did still do a good job with those guys. He did, and it was it was kind of cool because it was like he was retiring. Um, he was they were like retiring at the same time, so like. You got to see the offense like shift and change and actually put people out there, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Because you don't see it. That's not a very NFL thing to do, I feel like. No, it definitely isn't. Everyone's very replaceable. They're all cogs in a machine. So it was it was interesting that he left. Of course, everything that broke after that really changed the coloring of that. It turns out he was trying to leave so him and Tom Brady could join forces in Miami until Brian Flores ruined that with the lawsuit. Um, so it, it did kind of color everything differently but you are right it was interesting to see sort of you could you could genuinely see the effect that each of them had drew Brees, and then the next year when sean payton left you could see the effect that had on the team as well and so you're right you don't usually see stuff like that play out in that way um i'm i would love to have sean payton i think he's a bold smart good coach However, um, there's nothing about it that makes me feel like I want to give up a first-round pick for him. When there are candidates available that we allegedly love that aren't going to cost us that. Um, I still haven't heard if D'Amico Ryans is going to accept an interview. D'Amico Ryans famously was a former Texan. He had a severe Achilles injury, and he wound up having to go through arbitration to get his money. There was a lot of bad blood between the McNair family and him. And now the talk is the reports that are out and published say they don't expect him to interview with us. And last year, he turned down the Minnesota Vikings interview because he didn't I, he didn't give a reason, but I suspect he didn't like either the way their franchise is run 
or he didn't like the build of their defense and it would have taken too much for him to fix it. I, I'm not sure. But he turned down an interview last year, so it wouldn't be unprecedented or unheard of for him to turn down the interview here in Houston, especially with four other openings that are just as potentially just as good as ours. And, uh, you know, he's he's defensive coordinating for a team that might win a Super Bowl this year. So, why? I mean, that's a hard transition. Yeah, I'd, uh, if anyone's out of the conversation, I almost immediately think of him because, like, he already has beef with the Texans. Why would he come back? Yeah, you really, I mean, you'd have to sell him on a serious rebrand in order to be like, look, we're, we're a new team. Like, this is all different, all of it. Guaranteed 10 years. Look at our cool new outfits. Ooh, aren't they cool? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it would take. I really don't. Uh, one of the candidates that, we, that everyone is circling and excited about, I'm not excited about. Uh, Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Okay, here's my first problem. The Detroit Lions were 9-8. and eight. Right, they also aren't a football program. So <laughs> That's a good point. So my first question is, how is the guy who ran a 9-8 and eight offense supposed to be like the savior for us? Because uh, 9 is 7 higher than three no yeah it's only it, it's only double what we did like or you know it adds double you know what i mean six more wins um yeah. but you know i went back through and i looked like on third downs they were they were in the bottom of the league not the bottom but they were in the bottom third though um they're not i don't know i don't know a lot of people are salivating a lot of people are like oh man this innovative young coach it sounds like we're definitely gonna hire a young guy and uh, yeah, and if I if I'm putting in my application, I'm putting it in. Like yeah, I mean you know can't get much younger than me. All right, <laughs> I don't even. What would this team even look like if you got the job? Like I don't even know what that would like. What kind of play? I don't even know. I don't even want to think about it because I don't. I don't know how much football you actually know. Like that terrifies me. I just got scared for the Texans. Um. I would bring you along oh. like you bring me along. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, yeah, let's do it. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> let's at least get, you know, a couple years worth of NFL paychecks in the bank. Um. <laughs> yeah. Look, all I got to do is get, get my two-year deal, get fired after one, collect my money for the second, and then do whatever I want after that because I'll be an NFL head coach. That's That's it. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just resume padding. That's They're like you were a coach in the NFL, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I mean, briefly, short time, yeah. but yeah, I was there. It counts. You're not wrong, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. We're, it seems like we're definitely going to go young coordinator, which I, I don't love. Some of the knocks yeah. that are coming in is that Lovey Smith wasn't talking to the players a lot. He wasn't taking in a lot of input. Um, yeah, I mean, that one week, the one week where I really questioned him was that week where it was, when they were like, why is the offense bad? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that wasn't a good press conference. He's got to have better answers than that. But he genuinely was letting Pep Hamilton run the offense. And therefore, eh, he, he didn't know. Now, he started to take a, a firmer hand on it after that. If you recall, after that press conference, he did take a timeout and pull Jeff Driscoll from a play. And sent Davis Mills back out there because he was like, no, 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 no. What is it? Third and four. Why Why is Jeff Driscoll on the field? What are we doing here, guys? Uh, 
Now, granted, 10 games later, they just started splitting snaps together anyway, so what do we know? Um, he was fighting the losing battle, but at least he was fighting, you know? That's sort of my problem with the whole thing. Like, with the way they're evaluating him is like, he didn't take a lot of feedback from the players. And I'm looking at our roster, and I'm wondering, who in that room knows more football than Lovey Smith? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Like, who in that Team is like 98% rookies, and they're like, you don't know anything. And it's like, dog, I've been in the league for a million years. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. You all just got here. <laughs> And even if it's like Brandon Cooks or some of these other veterans standing up and going, that's not how we do it. It's like you guys were all on your way out of the league an hour ago. Like, I don't know. That's a, that's a really solid point. They're like, with our experience combined. <laughs> what are you, like a like a, like a like a soft Voltron? Like, get out of here with this. I'm not even... That's the thing. Like, none of... If I were in meetings with any of these guys, like... Who am I listening to with any sort of enthusiasm? Like, which one of these players has a resume that makes me go, this guy knows his football? These are guys, all of them, to the T, playing their way out of the league, except for the rookies that we drafted. And even most of them may not be here. And that's the other thing. They're like, oh, you know, the losing hurt. And it's like, yeah, okay, the losing hurt. However, whether or not Lovey Smith was still here, our offseason priority was going to be turn over 70% of this roster. So yeah, like there was no yeah, there's no way this roster is going to be the same. So it can't possibly this is the part of it that really bothers me. It can't possibly be his fault if even now that he's gone, we're still saying, "Well, we got to get rid of all these guys cuz they suck." So <laughs> it's got to be one way or the other. Um, yeah, either Lovey Smith is the worst head coach ever, which, again, we, I don't think so. Yeah, it doesn't or, feel that way. like, we just fired him because we didn't like it, because number looked bad. Yeah. Even though, in actuality, number wasn't even that bad. It, it was just as, like, I, you know, I... Uh. We, we played exactly how everyone expected us to, and then somehow we were still, like... But you know what we gotta do? Get rid of our head coach. And you know what's crazy is in almost all Genius of these, level. almost all of these games, we were still in it, right? Like, like we've talked about this. There's maybe two yeah. or three games that got away from us. So, a year from now, with better talent on the roster and more comfort in the system, how many of those games do we get? You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to sit here and say that. Oh, this team realistically could win eight or nine games next year. And this new coach is going to get credit for it when we could have won eight or nine games this year if we were just a little bit better. Like, it doesn't, it's not fair to Lovey Smith what's going to happen next either. Yeah. And, like, honestly, what I, I, what I feel bad is, like, he had no, there was, no one had any faith in him. <laughs> no. From almost the beginning, it was like, what's Lovey doing? Also, yeah. Remember, like, week four, it was, is it time for Tanko Rama? And then week 16, it's like, why are we losing so much? So I don't know. <laughs> like, there's it's no the, consistency. It's the classic. There. It's the classic. I want us to lose so we can get better. And also, why are we losing so much? We look bad. <laughs> I, I I swear, man. Like, it's, it's they got the exactly what they wanted. And then they to were do mad. something you don't want to do. Yeah, they got exactly what they wanted. And they were mad about it. It was eating their vegetables. And, yeah. and they punished the guy who made them eat their vegetables. Even though he was doing the correct thing and he was bad and he wasn't even bad. Yeah, it's I don't know. He wasn't even bad. I think that's the more frustrating part is that they totally canned him 
and now we have to now we have to win the lottery not once but twice to to be better. <laughs> yeah, because now we gotta we gotta hire another coach and build a new staff, and then get into the draft and free agency and convince these people that we that we're competent. That's the thing. Like, if I'm a free agent, that means I get to pick what team I play for, and if the Texans are one of my choices. They're either going to have to overpay me, which has kind of always been our problems, that we've kind of always had to overpay to get free agents to come here because we've never been... Like, if you're the Patriots or the Chiefs, you get a discount because team players want to get a ring. If you're Tampa Bay, you get a discount because players are like, yeah, I want to play with Tom Brady and maybe win a Super Bowl. If you're the Texans, you've always had to pay a little bit more because you got, you've never even been to a championship game, let alone a Super Bowl. So forget you know, discounts and bonuses. If someone's coming to play here, they're coming to play hard football and probably not for a ring. So they take they take more money. Uh, that was always the case. That's going to be even more the case when you're on your third head coach in four years, when you're changing uniforms, when you're rebranding, when everything is brand new. Brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new. Um, but look at our snazzy outfits. Yeah, listen, they maybe they're the best outfits ever. Uh, like if they, if uh, I don't know, I kind of like some of the other ones they've done. I like the all white one; that one was really cool. The all white one was slick. I like it when they mix the battle red with another color on the pants. That was always neat. The few times they did that, and then they just went full red everything, and I was like, no, that's too much. Um, but none of that, <laughs> none of that is the stuff that matters because. You know, these guys, they move their families, they sacrifice their bodies, potentially their lives, post Damar Hamlin. They kind of realize that a little bit more, I guess. Uh, do they want yeah, to come making, play for you're a making our, You're making our offer much worse, Corey. I think you just need to stop talking and then look <laughs> at the snazzy outfits and yeah. then pray to God. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's sort of what people are wanting them to do. Um, and I don't know that it's I don't know that it's going to work. It's tough to say. All right. Um, that kind of wraps up the Texan side of it. The... Playoffs for this weekend, so let's make some picks. We won't do points and spreads. Let's just try and pick winners and losers. We'll run down this real quick, and then we'll jump out. Um, all right, all right Nico. Saturday afternoon, Seattle is at San Francisco. Ooh, hold on. I got to look at San Fran's record because they, I always automatically just want to choose Seattle every time because I like their I like their I like their head coach a lot. Uh, San Francisco is, I think, the two seed, maybe the three seed this year. <sighs> that's tough. They've got like 11 wins, 12 wins, I think. Yeah, that's painful. What? Yeah, San Francisco's good. And Seattle's only in because Green Bay lost. Nah, I think I got to go San Fran there. I think, Even despite as much I love the, the Seahawks. Yeah, Pete Carroll is a great head coach, but this is definitely... This is not one of his years, baby. I mean, listen, he's Geno Smith has done a lot for them, but I think they're gonna. I think this is a, a loss for them. Uh, the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, go to Jacksonville. Keep in mind, there's a bit of talk that if Los Angeles loses this game, they will fire their head coach. Uh, that wouldn't really surprise me, and they probably will lose because somehow Jacksonville has just eked their way into a, like every win in the known universe. <laughs> okay. What are they like? What are they like 7 and 0? There's uh I think the last 6 or 7 weeks, yeah. Yeah, I think they are. They they have turned it on. They've they've activated the gas. So 
What do I know? So you're gonna go Jacksonville in that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jacksonville because I want I want to say that they're gonna keep rolling at like Mach 12 even though they're not very good. Okay, we're gonna differ on that one. I'm gonna take San Francisco and I'm gonna take the Chargers. All right. Um, Miami goes to Buffalo. I don't know if two is gonna play or not. Still. Um. I mean, I'm just gonna say right now. I think it's Buffalo. That yeah, I think it's I think so it's Buffalo right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Here's the hard choice game: the New York Giants at Minnesota. Minnesota has 11 or 12 wins. They are playing some great football. However, all of their wins are close. They never really blow anybody out. And the Giants are kind of that team of good defense and great running that everyone always wishes they had. So what do you think? Man, this is a tough one. Because they're both really, like, actually good. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Giants because they're usually a laughingstock Oh, okay. Like if you a pity pick, pick every other pick any other year of the past like decade. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I'm going to say Minnesota though. All right. I think Minnesota is just boring, but they win, and because they're boring, people struggle to understand how they win. They hit them with the old, the old, the old reliable. <laughs> and that's and that's really kind of all they do is they just go out there and they just keep playing consistent football, and people are like, "How did we lose?" Um. So yeah, I I think that that's where they're at there. Baltimore at Cincinnati. This is their third matchup this year. Uh, I believe since he won both of these matchups, teams typically don't go three zero in the same season. There's a lot of stats about that. Uh, this is going to be the year to break that record. Three and zero, baby. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson apparently is still going to miss this game. His knee is still not healed up. By the way. He is personally handling his own negotiations with Baltimore, and it's starting to turn a little bad blood over the hurt knee thing because apparently in the past he's played hurt for them, and right now he's saying he doesn't want to play hurt. He wants to get healed and then play, and the Ravens were a little upset by that. To be fair, that is the dumbest sentence I think you've ever heard in my entire life. That he doesn't want to play hurt and they're mad about it? Yeah. Like, yeah. God forbid. Like, oh no, our star player is injured and he wants to be at 100% before we put him back out there and possibly end his career shorter than it should be. I can't believe it. Yeah, and, and this is why you have an agent. I know the 10% is a big number on whatever the deal is going to be for him. Uh, you know, potentially this is a $300 million contract they're going to wind up signing at some point, probably. They might franchise him, and he might ask for a trade after all this. Like, There's genuine talk that they are having issues behind the scenes right now because of the injury. Now, before the injury, everybody was cool. He's negotiating his own deal, but everybody was cool about it. They had decided early in the season that they were just going to let it all kind of sit on the backside while they played this year. But now, all of a sudden, the knee injury at the end of the season is really kind of putting a wrench in everyone's stuff. And so this relationship could sour all of a sudden just out of the blue. It's not out of the blue. It's usually because people are terrible. Well, there definitely is something to be said about, like, I thought you were going to play Hurt for us. And he's like, (laughs) you don't want to give me $300 million. I don't want to play Hurt. And I I don't argue with that. If they'd have given him whatever it was that he wanted last year, he probably would be playing in this game.
I mean, probably not. This is honestly, it, it's still flabbergasting to me because I'm just like, this is so silly. <laughs> well, I, this is the NFL. People play hurt. Uh, I am going to take Cincy, though. And then we go to Monday Night Football. This is kind of neat. So the first Monday Night game of the year was Dallas at Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay won, I think, like 15-9 to 9 or 15-6. to 6. That was the one where Dak Prescott hurt his hand. Uh, and, like, Dallas just looked terrible after that. And Tampa and Dallas, they go have their whole seasons. Dallas looks great. Tampa looks bad, honestly. And now here we are. The I think this is going to be the last Monday Night Football of the season. Because uh, I don't think they have any more after this. Because there's so many games. There's six games, and so they spread them out over the whole weekend. They, that won't be the case next week, I don't think. And Dallas is at Tampa Bay. And... Honestly, I kind of think Tampa Bay is going to win again. Just just Tom Brady, just keep going. Get to the Super Bowl again by the skin of his teeth. Is there ever someone you want to face less in the playoffs than Tom Brady? Uh, I mean, if there's any player who's probably, like, at this point, he's got to play the most playoffs of anyone ever, right? Yeah, I don't think that's even in... Yeah, I, yes. There's no way that that number's even in dispute, except maybe like a kicker or something. Right. Like, the, like there's absolutely no way. Like, he's got more playoff experience than, like, the entire league combined. Right. So, tough break, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good for the Cowboys there. Um, also, I mean, uh, cow- common Cowboys L. This is just uh, that's just coming from me though, because I am certified Dallas hater. Real Houstonians represent. That's true. True that. All right, so we both are on Tampa Bay. We're both on Cincinnati. We differ on Giants and Vikings. Uh, we differ on Chargers and Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and the rest were the same on. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll uh we'll get through this weekend. Those, we'll evaluate. Those are, those are our tiebreakers. I really hope it doesn't go one way both, and then we're perfectly tied. I'd hate that. Uh, I think it's I think it's going to be exactly what happens there. Just our luck. It kind of is. All right. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. Everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. A weekend filled with great playoff football. And make sure you are subscribing to the podcast, checking us out at your leisure as you do your things this weekend. And uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll be back on Monday with another episode of the Battle Red Radio. This is on behalf of Cordial G, myself, and uh, my producer, Nico. Thank you very much, guys.